0: This is Creeps Anonymous. The hot water tab was broken at the water cooler, so Olivia settled for lukewarm and sat down with a tea bag that refused to steep. She hunched over her styrofoam cup in the waiting room chair, trying not to make eye contact with anyone. It wasn't that she couldn't, It's just that making eye contact with other patients in a therapist's office seems sacrosanct somehow, an unspoken faux pas, like making conversation with someone in the stall next to you in a public restroom, or standing blithely in front of a subway door. There were just certain things you just didn't do. Olivia suppressed a sigh, palming through some of the magazines on the table next to her. People, tabloids, more tabloids, a National Geographic from the last decade, and at the very bottom, a Highlights for Kids she felt her mouth purse. She couldn't explain why it made her so goddamn sad, imagining that there would be kids here too. Or maybe it made her sad she didn't come sooner. Maybe she could have avoided a few steps if she'd come here as a kid, while her parents normalized constantly fighting and dehumanizing each other. That would have been asking for too much self-awareness on their part though, and she could hardly muster it herself nowadays. Miss Simon, She turned to see Robin peering at her from her olive-rimmed glasses, poised at the very edge of her slim nose. Olivia stood and followed Robin to the session room, settling into an armchair across from Robin's. She stared into her cup of unsteeped tea while Robin closed out the programs on her computer, shuffling around the door and closing it up. So, how are you doing today, Liv? Robin settled into a chair across from her, giving her a serene smile. She had a deep discomfort at the beginning and endings of sessions, where a counselor would look out at her with those deeply empathetic puppy eyes, taking her in while Olivia collected her disorganized thoughts. Sometimes she smoked before counseling, but the smell of sour diesel was hard to get out of her flannel before showing up, and rolling the windows down in Shaka didn't always help. I'm good, Olivia nodded, politely running through the motions of what she supposed a normal human being looked like if they were good. These weeks go by quicker in the winter. They really do, Robin laughed. Olivia liked her laugh. It was deep and quiet, like something she was keeping to herself. How was your birthday? I know that was recently. It it was, Olivia paused for a moment, shuffling through the last two weeks' worth of memories. Great. My mom and I were able to move what we could into storage and uh, find room in the interim. That's good. Is your mom considering any longer-term solutions? Olivia let her line of sight wander to the window, watching people down below on the sidewalk. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure what. That must feel pretty scary, Robin ventured, leaving the floor open for Olivia. Olivia mulled over the words for a moment, considering them. Yeah, it's it's scary, I guess, but I've witnessed my mom do scarier shit to fight with my dad, so this is kind of tame by comparison, I guess. Well, your birthday was recently. Did he end up reaching out to you? She laughed, setting her jaw and burying herself into the armchair. No, he didn't reach out to me. Knowing him, he's probably out sleeping off a bender on his parents' couch. Robin wrinkled her nose. Yikes. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not really one to talk, but he's not new to disappearing acts, and this is just his longest one yet. Even Houdini didn't come back eventually. You think he's all right? Olivia glared across the room, trying to focus her anger on a small speck outside the window, almost drifting out of view. "'He's fine. Honestly, he could do a bit more worrying about us, if you ask me. "'We're the ones who lost the house because of him, "'and now he's out in the Keys, flapping in the warm breeze somewhere. "'Sounds like you won't be shedding any tears for him anytime soon,' "'Robin said, giving her a compassionately sardonic smile. "'No,' Olivia said, returning the smile. "'She found a small kernel of pleasure at being understood, "'even at such a small and seemingly petty level. "'Not anytime soon.' "'Robin adjusted the glasses on the bridge for Nose.' And how have your intrusive thoughts been lately about Max? The words were delivered lightly, but fell heavily on Olivia nonetheless, crushing her with a sudden pressure of unsaid, undealt-with feelings and aches, the terror of staring them down each night when she was finally alone with her thoughts. She shuffled through the words for a moment in her mind, before losing the steam at trying to express the breath of grief that she felt once again, unpacking it for yet another therapist to examine under a microscope. Things are good, just looking for some ways to blow off the steam and uh, vent about it. Have you tried talking to other people about it? She asked her, you know, besides me. No, Olivia said, shaking her head, struggling for the words. People are clumsy. Robin thought this over for a moment and nodded. (laughs) Yeah, I'd venture to agree with that. You're not wrong. Olivia felt slightly vindicated, laughing. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Well, everyone has their own gift. Listening is not always something that people are naturally great at, to be honest. Maybe you need a more neutral audience. What do you mean? Olivia asked. Like a letter or a video diary, Robin replied, gesturing to her notebook. You don't need to have the perfect thing to say, but sometimes putting words to all of it can really help. I, I'm i not really good at writing, Olivia said, feeling herself prickle. She looked down into her styrofoam cup and found that the tea hadn't just seeped, but it turned inky brown when she wasn't looking. She tried to bite down her frustration. Well, you don't have to come up with anything for your outlet right away, but it could be good to keep an eye out for something that feels right. It'll come along, she said, checking the time on her wristwatch. But for now, I'll be seeing you this time again in two weeks. Sunday morning brought with it a gloomy rain, and Olivia found herself holed up at the Golden Dove Diner in Eltingville. Jess sat across the table from her, ensconced behind a wrinkled copy of the advance. Newspaper says the city is actually going to a birth decline, even despite all these pandemic kids. Jess stretched out the newspaper on the diner table, perusing the headlines. Her dyed locks fell into her face as she did, making her look like a news-addicted mermaid. It'll be fine. We live on Staten Island. Some athleisure COVID denier Barbie will meet a dude wearing active camo at Planet Fitness somewhere, and they'll spawn the next new legion of American Ninja Warriors or whatever. Olivia dunked her straw into her egg cream, popping bubbles that rose to the top. Why are you reading the newspaper anyways? What are you, like 50? Jess looked up from the paper, leveling a face at her that only Jess could. She crinkled her round nose at Olivia, her small septum piercing glittering briefly in the off-putting purple neon lighting in the diner. There's a pandemic out, and we're in a labor shortage, she said, making air quotes with her fingers. I'm out here trying to get a better job. What about you? Maybe you'll look with me? Olivia leaned back in the squeaky leather booth. No, I don't know any other places that would understand my condition like Key Food does. Your condition? She leaned across the table, lowering her voice for effect. It's bad, Jess. I'm terminally lazy, and I don't think there's a cure. Jess folded the newspaper with a resolved set to her jaw, and Olivia sensed that she was about to ask her for a favor. Well, lazy bones, maybe you could spare some extra time to drop by Max's grave with me? Her friend did her best to ask gently, but there was no way to gracefully broach the recurring subject that Olivia had been avoiding his grave altogether. Part of her had hoped that people would stop asking after a while and she could grieve in peace. There was no way, after all, just to hurry a loss along, and having people pressure her to perform was stifling. But it wasn't like she had any room to complain. Jess had lost her fiancé, someone who promised to build a life with her. Livia and Max had already spent a lifetime together as friends, but Jess didn't even get a chance to start. You're looking at me like you're going to avoid the question and change the subject again. Jess said, narrowing her eyes at Olivia. Fantastic prediction. You say, you really get me. This is why we're friends. Olivia gestured to her temple in mock disbelief. So why do you think it's dicey exactly to get seafood in a diner? Do you think I should get the clam bake here? She pointed at the menu, showing it to Jess. Jess shook her head at Olivia, playing with her tongue barbell between her two front teeth. She only really did that when she was holding back some choice words. How long are you going to be putting off processing any of this? Who says I'm not processing? She hinged forward with her menu. I'm processing exceptionally well, like a Macintosh. A Macintosh? Listen to you, who's the 50-year-old now? Yeah, well, I'm not a newfangled model, but I get the job done, I'll tell you that much. Jessica sat back in the booth, blinking slowly at Olivia. You're exhausting, you know that? Olivia mixed up her egg cream, watching the world outside through the mystifyingly purple windows of the Golden Dove. From inside the strangely soundproof time capsule, she could look out at the people out in the world like a wizard in a lonely tower. She could see everyone, but no one could see her. Oh yeah, Olivia nodded. I've been told that once or twice. Work left her winded, but overtired, past the point of feeling like her body would go to sleep anytime soon. Olivia clocked out and made her way to the last chance section by the employee break room swiping a handful of -of out-of-date 40s off the shelf, she felt her luck changing a little bit. You getting rid of these, Olivia said, dipping into her manager's office. Lenny gave her a cursory glance from his day's register receipts. He looked back down and licked his forefinger, flipping through the paperwork. Go with God, he said dryly. See you, Lenny. Don't stay too long. She waved to him on the way out and thought about her next few moves. She was too tired to break a game and go to a bar that would require calling people or talking to strangers, and she wasn't interested. Going back to the motel and entertaining her mom seemed like a chore too, and it was probably a mess of papers on her side of the bed right now until she cleaned up at midnight. Ultimately, after some aimless driving along Victory, Olivia parked in the old parking lot under the Verrazano Bridge, where an odd mix of people came and went. Sometimes people would park their RVs and post up there for a week or two, and some people would come on illicit rendezvous. Some would just come to park to enjoy the view and the seclusion of the dilapidated harbor. Unless you were making trouble, the cops would generally leave you alone. When she and Max used to come down here to smoke, they'd have a game, guessing which nearby car was here for what. Max was surprisingly good at the game, but Olivia always suspected it was because he liked Sherlock Holmes so much. He could be such an endearingly nerdy guy that way sometimes, with enough quirks of his own to balk at judging her for her own. She pulled the shopping bag out of her seat and took perch on the hood of her car, placing the bag next to her. In front of her, she had the winking lights of harbor boats and the distant, endless Brooklyn traffic as drinking partners. They painted a tableau of an ever-moving city beyond the shores of the island, and maybe a world beyond hookah bars, and long, lifeless shopping plazas that closed at nine, and an increasingly pointless grandstanding at a city across the water that seemed to have left Staten Island behind long ago. She shook around the can, feeling the sudsy remnants of her forty swirl around the bottom, almost out. She reached into the plastic bag, and her fingers felt nothing. Disappointment settled over her tired shoulders. She could have sworn she'd grabbed more, and running out really got on her nerves. A groan bubbled in her throat before dying a moment later when she lost the energy to be angry, too. It didn't matter anyways. She had to get Shaka back in one piece so her mom could drive it to work tomorrow. Plus, she had work. No use having to sleep it out in the back seat till four in the morning and then driving her back. She dreaded the thought of returning to work in another 14 hours. Another day of watching the sun disappear between the buildings, biding her time facilitating between the dairy aisle, the canned soup, and just walking into the freezer forever. When her shift is over, she'd cop a few more expired malt liquors from the clearance rack and do the whole thing all over again until her liver gave out, or key food finally got sick of her shit, whichever came first, really. Olivia let out a long breath because crying felt like it would probably take up too much energy again. She brushed her palm across the face of her phone as she shifted on the car hood, and the phone lit up invitingly. A photograph of a Polaroid on a wall stared back at her, a pair of Max's sneakers decorating a telephone wire over an unnamed street somewhere in Old Town. It was a photo on her wall and the background of her phone for as long as she could remember after Max's old house flooded in Sandy and they had to move. Sometimes people tended to forget the significance of a photograph after looking at it every day. It became a static image instead of a layered series of meanings, a symbol of a memory. But occasionally, a photograph even someone knows well could catch them off guard. When the memory came back to life, swelling with life and breath in a discreet moment. Max wanted to leave something behind when his family lost everything. So he tied his laces together on an old pair of shoes and swung them in an arc over the telephone wire. Olivia watched a few paces back as the laces caught the wire, winding once, twice, three times around. The scuffed sneakers dangled down like an oversized rearview mirror decoration, drifting with the dying, angry wind blowing in with the sea. She remembered watching him wiping his face on his sleeve, and at that time she couldn't tell if it was from the remnants of the rain or from the tears. He joined her back at her side and stood silently, watching the shoes for a moment. Olivia didn't say anything but then she lifted her small yellow camera and took a photo. When it ejected from the bottom of her Polaroid, she handed him the slim photograph of the shoes and the angry gray sky beyond. He dipped his head down to consider the photograph in her hand. It's a really good one. You should take it, to remember the block you grew up on, she said. He looked back up, considering the wreckage the hurricane had left behind when it brought the water rushing over the neighborhood, washing boats and debris ashore. I think you should keep it. Olivia frowned. Why's that? Max put his hands in his pockets of his hoodie and gave her a lazy sort of grin. Because I'm going to skip town a bit once graduation is all said and done with. She let her hand drop, scanning the ground and all the scattered trash washed ashore like it would give her something helpful to say. Is it because the house got flooded? Yeah, it's kind of a wash and they're not really able to salvage any of that or most of the stuff is not really any help, so I'm going to move forward with enlisting and see if I can maybe help with housing or at least get myself out of the way. Wow, it's been a while since you talked about that, Olivia said, nodding. Of course. What's with that face? Max asked, pulling her in for a bear hug, knuckling her head. She couldn't remember what part of high school he'd gotten this much bigger than her, since she used to wrestle him with ease. Nothing, she groused, gently elbowing him. (laughs) Oh, come on, you call that putting up a fight? He evaded her elbows, making a mess of her already pitiable nest of frizzy hair. You're going to make me drop your photo, you ass, she complained. But he was beginning to do the thing he always did, which was annoy her to the point of furious laughter. Who cares? You'll take another. You hungry? Max dragged her off towards his car. Come on, let's drive across the bridge to Jose Tejas. We'll get actual food. You want both of us to starve to death online waiting for a table, she said. Olivia rested her elbows against the passenger side door watching her best friend as he unlocked the car. She traced the line of his crinkled thoughtful brow and the slightly crooked tilt of his nose from when he lost a fight with a telephone pole walking back home from Dock Street drunk. She tried to commit it all to memory before picturing him disappearing out of her life for four years. Are you really planning on leaving the island she asked. Yeah. He gave her an apologetic smile opening up the car. She wondered if he'd told Jess yet, and if she was taking the news well. Okay, she said, yanking the car door open. I guess I'll let you be the cooler, more worldly friend first. Fine, you can have it. Thanks, he climbed in, giving her a look of mock concern. I honestly thought I was going to have to fight you for it. Olivia looked down at her phone. She felt an emptiness gnaw away at her, knowing that she'd never get another quip another hug that would take the wind out of her, never see him throw his head all the way back when he left. It was really strange how people, like photographs, were these seemingly static images, layered understandings and memories that just disappear one day when you looked away, taking them for granted. Robin's face swam back to her. You don't need to have the perfect thing to say, but sometimes putting words to all of it can really help. Dialing out, She let the sound of the waves match her breathing, waiting for the phone to ring once, twice, three times. There was a pause, and then a blank voicemail greeting that Max had never changed. She'd memorized the rhythm of the recorded voice as it read out Max's phone number. Her heart started to race, though, while she waited for the beep. She'd always hated recording messages, because it never quite felt like she'd put together the right words to say. The tone went out softly, and she cleared her throat. I'm at our favorite smoke spot right now, and you're a complete clown because you're missing out on a great view. It's been a while since I've heard your voice. I miss you. Olivia lowered the phone to her lap and ended the call, unsure if she felt more foolish or relieved to say it all out loud. The almost acidic burn of it beneath her ribcage settled for a moment, drifting back down like sediment, sinking back into the depths of the sea.